This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Well, obviously, uh, it's not a goal that you normally concede, so we've we've uh, not uh, done our duties there and done uh, done our roles. So that's, I've got to say, uh, it's that's my responsibility. We were going to play a short corner, and uh, but we forgot our. Um, our uh, defending duties just just after we've uh, played a couple of passes there. Well, of course, the uh, the last two results uh, have been, as you say, a uh, punch uh, in our stomach. And the only way uh, I know of, and the, well, uh, I hope the players as well, the only way to respond is to uh, get your act together uh, for the Everton game, because we know that's going to be a tough uh, and a difficult game. So. I'm, I'm glad we've got a game already uh, on Saturday. On the Ball kicks off now on BFM 89.9. Surely a man under the cosh this weekend. Man United boss Ole Gunnar Solskjaer speaking after the latest debacle. It's me, Ross. Welcome to the Friday show. This is On the Ball. Uh, I've got my special guests here. Gogolin is here. Good evening to you, Gogs. Hello, hello, hello. Craig Marias joins us this week. Hello, Craig. How you doing, guys? Nice to see you bright and early. <laughs> it is early evening-ish. <laughs> and Bob Holmes is also here. Hello, Bob. Hi, everybody. Uh, as usual, do tweet at BFM Radio. Also, follow us on social media. It's BFM Football on Instagram and on Facebook. We do have a YouTube channel up and running called TFIF on video. Uh, fresh videos every Friday, except international break. But let's get on with the show, shall we? Uh, in Group H, Istanbul 2, Manchester United 1. I'm going to come to you first, Craig. Uh, everyone by now <laughs> knows about the gold Demba Bar, 36-year-old Demba Bar, <laughs> nearly 36. Uh, Scott, sprinting 70 yards. Paul Scholes described it as 10-year-old football, although I thought that was a bit harsh on 10-year-olds. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I, I don't think I've ever seen anything like it. Um, not in the 11th minute anyway. So, okay. Uh, who do you blame there? Is it, it's the players. It was a quick players, corner. 100%. Quick corner. Yeah. Cause normally one Bissaka would be the one hanging, hanging Correct. back on the halfway line, but it was Correct. a quick corner. So he stayed yeah. up there. Luke Shaw was bombing up there. You got two yeah. center, center backs up there and, and kind of no one else was available. Right. Uh, Luke Shaw, um, Usually tends to be on the edge of the box uh, when it when it comes to corners anyway, uh, just to be able to whip it back in. Uh, I mean, there's, there's there's no excuse for this, um, absolutely no excuse at all. Because like like we said, you know, this is this is the basics of defending. Um, you know, players at, or management at, it, at four. Oh, players, hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, you're you're playing at the elite level. Uh, you're in the Champions League. I mean, like I said, you know, this is something that you you learn when you're a kid. Um, the, the basic thing is to check behind you, see who's there. Um, and, and more often than not, there's always going to be a guy on the halfway line um, just to stretch things. So, you know, situations like that, and they just hoof it up and there's someone to, to kind of put pressure on it. But um, for, for Matic to kind of be ball watching, um, kind of, I mean, he, he got so sucked into the, the, the quick corner that was happening, um, you know, didn't bother to have a look over his shoulder, see who's there. Um, and, you know, I mean, there, there's no way this was something that was done on the training ground or something that was instructed by Ole Gunnar Solskjaer saying from a corner right. kick, make sure you're all up there um, and, and don't don't worry about the back. You know, we've got Dean Henderson at the back to, to 
kind of save it if the situation comes down to <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. And there, there's absolutely no way. So um, the players have to take full responsibility for that goal um, and for the second goal as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it was just <laughs> diabolical, uh, really. But if you lose possession in those areas against teams like that, right, um, you, you put yourself in immediate danger. And and first of all, I mean, I think a lot of people will be pointing fingers at Juan Mata for, for losing possession and this, that. I thought it was an absolute hospital pass by Bruno Fernandes. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was not much else he could have done, really, yeah. other than maybe put his body in the way and get a foul. Um, but, I mean, it, it, it was just shocking all around, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, take, take nothing away from Istanbul. You know, they, they had a plan, sat back, counted United. Um, and I, I just thought, you know, United, I think over the last 12 months, we've known that they struggle to break teams down that play with a low block, uh, that park the bus. Uh, they just don't have that creativity when it comes down to it. They can have all the possession in the world, but just do nothing with it. And I think if you see the shots uh, on target or the shots saved uh, by the Istanbul keeper, it was, you know, it, it didn't scream out that United were really pressing and going for a, uh, to salvage something from the match. Yeah, a chastening loss to Champions League newbies. Bob Holmes, the Guardian described it as Matic versus Bar, a milk float versus an ice cream van. And had it <laughs> had it not been for events in the US, this would have comfortably been the slowest race of the week. <laughs> Very good. I read that. Jonathan Liu. <laughs> Jonathan yeah. Liu. Yeah. He's, he's Brilliant. Got, yeah, he's got some words, hasn't he? <laughs> um, but okay, I mean, just to build on what Craig has said here, I mean, the fact that We've known United are like this. Istanbul sat back and again, the team didn't have a plan. So you look to management here, don't you? Exactly, exactly. I agree. That you cannot blame the players for that. I mean, the low block, this has been brought up in so many articles in the, I mean, over the few weeks and months that United cannot break down a team that is sitting deep, right? I mean, uh, against RB Leipzig, they, were hit on, they played on the counter and they did that very well. But teams that with the low block and that sit deep, if you cannot still by now figure it out, what, what does that say about management? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I put, I'm a Man United fan. I love Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. I think he, he knows all about the values of the football club. He's a great attacking coach, but there it ends. And you need a lot more, Bob Holmes, to be a top football coach these days, don't you? You do. Um, but isn't it only a week since we were singing yeah. his praises for yeah, the but win then it, but then against been, Leipzig? It's been like this, though. You, 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 get, you get the odd, well, the odd really good result peppered with bad runs. And it's, yeah. it's been like that for two years or 100 games. That's, that's, well, that's right. That's right. I don't think he should have got the job in the first place. But I mean, that is all well documented. Um, but uh, I'd just like to mention uh, the fact that it was Demba Bar. Um, that name resonates because it was <laughs> Demba Bar who unforgettably took advantage of the Gerard slip and ran uh, a little bit faster than uh, the other night and over a shorter distance. But he, uh, he's, I think he'll have those two goals on his tombstone. Um, I mean... For it to fall to a, an aging uh, striker, journeyman striker, never really quite made it anywhere, but scored two of the most memorable goals in uh, recent English football history. Um, that's quite something. But uh, Matic, it was actually the, the nearest one to his own position, you know. 
I mean, you could almost blame Henderson for not coming out far enough, you know? Yeah, well, I, I was just going to bring well, that I, up. I, I think, I'm, I think joking. That would be a bit I'm, harsh. I'm joking. Um, the, uh, yeah, this, this has been going on for too long. And I think that, um, you know, the sooner they uh, put a stop to it, the better. But I wouldn't guarantee that because Ed Woodward is definitely a Solskjaer man. And he doesn't appear to have anyone lined up. I mean, I would have had Pochettino starting his quarantine by now <laughs> in readiness for, for coming over. Um, Maybe that's so, why, Bob. Quarantine yeah, Manchester. He's, a, he's already in England anyway. I think the sooner they put uh, everyone, including Ollie, out <clears throat> of their misery, the better. The, the caveat is... It's the last game before the international break. If you're going to bet a new manager in, then, I mean, I don't know. If I'm just looking forward to it. If Everton wins 4-0, for example, this Ross, weekend. Ross, was, um, was David Moyes fired after the Everton match? I, don't, I can't remember. Was his last match against Everton? Liverpool uh, match, right? No, that was Mourinho. Ah, oh, yeah, 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 that was Mourinho. Um, I th- if I'm not mistaken, I think David Moyes got fired also, after, also after Everton, Park. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, at Goodison Park. If I'm not mistaken, if memory serves me right. All right. Well, I tell um, you what. And United face Everton this weekend. Exactly. We're, we're going to preview that in full for you. Just uh, finish up with the Champions League then. And uh, moving on, uh, in the other gaming group, H Man United's uh, group, uh, Leipzig beat PSG 2 uh, 3 1 uh, after PSG went up, lost, uh, missed the penalty as well. It was terrible. Anyway, Chelsea are going great guns in Group E. Chelsea 3, Ren 0. Uh, it's now seven hours plus without conceding a goal. Uh, six clean sheets in a row, Gogolin. Uh, uh, Frank Lampard's doing doing it right. Yeah, I, I'm I'm not still sold on the whole Frank Lampard uh, chain and past story. It's 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 it's. Uh... I think he's a lucky manager. He's got all that talent to play with. The fact that they're giving a clean sheet right now is actually a bonus. But I don't think that's going to last. Uh, I, I really do, I'm don't fancy him at all. I don't think he even knows what he's doing half the time. And the fact that, they, they, like I said, this is probably a lucky streak. This is going to end soon. And I, I, I can say that Flank Rampart won't finish the season as manager of Chelsea. Yeah, well, th- this game, though, I mean, they're going great at the moment. Th- this game, they, they were really lucky. I thought the, the red card... For that poor player, Dolbear. What did you want him to do? Yeah. Um, but rules are rules and, and yep. good win, Bob, right? Oh, yeah. Um, I, th- I think Gog's being a bit harsh uh, yeah. on Frank Lampard there. Um, the, I mean, he's, uh, we, we all know what happened last season, and I think he handled that pretty well, the, the circumstances there. He got them into uh, the top four positions. And he's trying to fit in a whole bunch of players from all, all walks of life almost um, into a squad this season. And they're doing okay. Um, I mean, they've had a little bit of luck, yes. But uh, they've also had some injuries. And now they've got Havertz out with uh, suspected uh, coronavirus. Um, so... Uh, you know, it's not all gone uh, his way. Um, they seem to have sorted out the goalkeeper. Can, can I can I just jump in here, Bob, and ask you b- between Lampard and Solskjaer, um, Do you think who do you think was backed in the transfer market more? 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not much of a contest, is it? Um, it, it no, I mean, uh, Solskjaer, I don't know why he wasn't back, because they have the money. United have the money. Of course they do. Um, but uh, they were very grudging uh, in spending it. Uh, but uh, interesting comparison between two former heroes. Exactly. I mean, real, real top-notch you know, genuine, lasting heroes, even if they fail as managers, they'll still be heroes as players. And, uh, but they don't always cut it as managers, do they? No. That's the big thing. And you get somebody, you know, like Arsene Wenger, who was a sort of journeyman player, or Alex Ferguson, a journeyman player, um, come along and be giants at it. So just because you've been a great player doesn't mean you're a great manager. And I, I think we've got two illustrations of that here. Although I would give Lampard a bit more time. I, I wouldn't give uh, Ollie very much more, but I'd, I'd certainly give Lampard until the end of the season. All right. Uh, it was Krasno, Sevilla 3, Krasnodar 2 in the other Group E game. In Group D, Atalanta nil, Liverpool 5. This was supposed to have been Liverpool's toughest game. And I, I know they missed out on Timo Werner, who they, they were really heavily linked to. But in Diego Jota, Craig Marias... They've signed a proper gold machine, seven in ten now. Yeah, what a player! Absolutely fantastic. Um, we, I mean, it's not a surprise. We knew he, uh, the quality that he had. Um, we've seen him, you know, the last couple of seasons at Wolves. Um, you know, he he was always um, a fantastic talent. But the the issue with him was where his best position was. Mm. Uh, was it you know up front where he obviously found it hard to dislodge uh, Raúl Jiménez at Wolves? Um, was out on the left. Uh, was it on the right um, or was it in the 10? You know, I mean, he's so versatile. Um, he can play really well in all of those positions. Um, was it a surprise Liverpool came in for him? For sure. Um, I, I think it's something that no one saw. Um, it was a fantastic piece of business uh, for 40 million uh, from Jurgen Klopp and Liverpool. Uh, but then again, the same question came in. You know, he's making that move from Wolves to Liverpool, the champions, the reigning champions. Um, where does he fit in? Is he going to dislodge uh, Mane? I don't think so. Is he going to dislodge Salah? I don't think so. Um, and, and then it, you know, it, it's slowly becoming clear that obviously Origi is not the option for for Klopp up front. Bruce they got sold, um, and it, it's fast looking like um, that Diogo Jota is going to be the man to, you know, in the next couple of seasons slowly uh, ease into that number nine spot. Um, and he's making a really good job of it. So good. That in fact, um, you know, Firmino is not a guaranteed starter anymore. Um, I, you know, we, we speak about the lack of goals that, that Firmino brings to that position. Um, and I think it's well documented what he does uh, for the other players like Mane and Salah um, um, in terms of his work rate, dropping off the front line, um, creating that space for these guys to exploit. But Diego Jota seems to be doing that and adding goals to it. Yeah. Um, and I think Klopp has a big big problem, selection problem, a good problem um, ahead of Man City on the weekend. All right. Well, speaking of City, uh, hang on, just to wrap up Liverpool's group, uh, in the other game, Ajax beat Mitterland 2-1. So Mitterland are pointless after three matches at the bottom. Uh, in Group C, Man City 3, Olympiacos 0. Uh, it was easy. Gabriel Jesus marked his return from injury with a fine finish from the bench. Uh, Bob, I understand Pep even got to, to rest Four first-team players. So, obviously, one eye on Liverpool for the weekend, huh? 
Yes, absolutely. Uh, significantly rested his centre-back pairing of yeah. Laporte and uh, Diaz. And obviously he is settled on those. Um, you know, he's going to stick with them, I think, for the foreseeable future. So he should. Diaz is the record signing, 60-odd million they paid for him. And so far, so good. The two seem to have a good understanding. But to, uh, I mean, before this game, um, the group was not wrapped up. And it was still a bit of a risk to leave out your, your top uh, centre-back pairing um, for this fixture and put in John Stones, I mean, almost a forgotten figure, uh, a liability on many occasions. I, I, I heard he, he, had to, he spent ages looking for his kit. <laughs> yeah, him and Nathan Ake. I mean, that, that was a bit of a downgrade and it could have backfired, but he got away with it. Um, and they did look uh, pretty good going forward, yeah. um, as they did at the weekend. And they seemed to be easing ominously into form. And it was a bonus getting Gabriel Jesus back, especially with a goal. And uh, Sergio Aguero is also back in training and could feature against Liverpool. Wow. So things are looking uh, quite good again for City. All right. Brilliant stuff. That's your Champions League. We'll talk about the Europa League further on in the show. First break, back with your weekend preview right after this. And once more, footballers of all racial backgrounds take a knee to express a united opinion that black lives matter. On the ball on BFM 89.9. has come up with uh, something beyond the ordinary. That is a brilliantly elastic save. This is On The Ball on BFM 89.9. Hey, thanks for sticking with us. Gogs, Bob and Craig here to preview match week eight of the EPL. Uh, two Friday games. Uh, we'll, we'll come back to those later. But the early kickoff on Saturday is the big one. Everton in fourth against Manchester United in 15th. I understand, Craig, requests from Man United to get the game moved to Sunday was rejected by the Premier League. They're moaning a bit because they just literally got back from Turkey. Um, but it's a big game for Ole. He cannot afford a slip-up. He needs a positive result here, doesn't he? Um, he does. And I'll say this. I think it's, it's definitely a must-win must game. Not so much so for his future. Um, I think you mentioned it um, just now, you know, uh, I think it was Bob actually, uh, that he's, a, uh, Woodward is a real soul shy man. Um, it, it's more in terms of, of falling away uh, from the top. Now, yes, there is the game in hand, but that game in hand, if I, uh, if I remember correctly, takes United up to three, uh, take, takes them up to 12 um, if, they, if they win that three points. Um, so it's still you know, not acceptable. It's a must-win game. Um, but, you know, just, just going on the back of that, that Istanbul match, confidence. I mean, it, it looked like it was really good after PSG, after Leipzig. I don't think they were terrible against Chelsea, um, but against Arsenal, it was bad. Um, Midweek, it was bad. Um, they need a massive, massive reaction. And Ole, Carrick, um, all those... Uh, Mike Phelan, everyone in that changing room needs to G up the boys because it, it is a must-win game. Um, they need to do everything they can to get that uh, to get that victory. Um, I, like I said, you know, I don't think his job is on the line. Um, I, I think Woodward will do everything he can to keep him, but 
he will become he'll come under a lot a lot of pressure if he doesn't get a win on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, Anthony Marshall is once again available after a three-match domestic ban. Alex Tellers hasn't been seen for four games after testing positive for COVID. Um, for Everton, Richarlison, I believe it's his final game suspension. Lucas Digne is available. Question mark over Andre Gomez. He was taken off uh, after an hour against Newcastle. I mean, there is also pressure, Bob Holmes, on Everton here because Ancelotti's guys need to get back on that winning tip, don't they? Yes, but uh, I mean, they've lost two games, isn't it? Uh, two games in a row after a flying start. Um, I mean, it just shows the, the situation we're in, doesn't it? I mean, we're going from almost game to game or two games. One yeah. minute they're heroes, next minute they're villains. I mean, steady on a bit here, you know. I mean, I know the games are coming thick and fast, which is contributing to this. There, there doesn't seem to be any respite at all. I mean, the Champions League doesn't normally go quite as quickly as this and will continue into December, mid-December. Um, so there's no time to rebuild. There's no chance to get the guys on the training ground and sort things out. I mean, they're just traveling and coming back and playing and traveling. Yeah. So it makes it difficult to correct some obvious mistake, which you can do on a training ground, a decent coach anyway. So there we are, you know, they're just packing their bags, unpacking, and they hardly ever get to have a full session on a training ground. I mean, they're just having like warm downs and warm ups for the next game. So it makes it harder and harder for any manager to try to eradicate some fundamental fault in the, in the system. So you don't, you wouldn't put a lot of money on this changing for, for Oli. I think we're just going to see the seesawing of performances. And as we said after the Leipzig game, when those substitutes came on late, you know, that when he brought on the heavy brigade late on, and you suddenly thought, wow, this isn't a bad squad. There's quite some depth here. And that's still the case. So I think that it is the manager really, you know, He's, he's just not got them sorted out. United have good players in most positions, not all, most positions. And I think a Pochettino would sort them out and have them, if not in the top four, but get, getting very close to it. I want to ask an Aston Villa fan here. Gogs, who do you think Man United's biggest underperformer is this season? Biggest underperformer this season? Oh, that's going to be a quick... I'll, I'll probably say Luke Shaw. As you, I mean, I don't know why he's still in the squad in the first place. Just tell us he's out. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's probably yeah, why. No, literally. <laughs> yeah, but still... Or you got Brendan still, Williams. Sure. You got Brendan Williams. Yeah, yeah. Why, 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 I'm, I'm curious why he doesn't, he doesn't start more often. He, uh, he, was, he, quite was, a rev, he was quite a revelation last season though, right? Yeah. Uh, I think he had an injury at the start. Uh, start of the season. Um, but he's okay now, right? I mean, I, he's okay now. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, if you ask me, it would be Luke Shaw. Okay. What about uh, Pogba? Yeah. But, you know, I, I mean, Pogba. Okay, Pogba. I I won't bring Pogba. Everybody's been spoken about Pogba and all that. But what I would ask you, as a Villa fan, I look at that squad. I look at my Villa squad as a neutral. As a, as a other fans here, would you all which squad would you all prefer? <laughs> uh, like really? a United. Yeah, exactly. That's my point. It, it would be a United squad, right? Yeah. yeah. 
You see what I'm oh, trying to get at? Yeah. yeah, what, yeah. I'm trying to add on to what Bob's saying. Yeah, it, it, oh, it's exactly what Bob said. It's a good yeah. squad of players. It's and, a good squad of players, exactly. So, okay. So, I, I think I think that I think the issue with 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 United is is just the you see the very good, and and then you see you know a couple of days later you see you know a, a level of performance which isn't quite there. Um, and it's consistency. It goes down to consistency. Well, and... it's consistently like that, like how you've described. <laughs> yeah. Well, they, yeah, yeah, you're right. But I, I, I think the big, the big thing for me, the concerning thing for me, is players um, within themselves getting motivated for the big games. And, you know, I looked at the Chelsea performance. I said, I, I don't think it was that bad. I think Chelsea just came to defend, really, and hit on the counter. Um, but I look at the Arsenal match. I look at the match... On the weekend, you know, they, they were 2-1 down at halftime. You know, then you've got another 45 minutes to go there, affect the game and get a result. Uh, you know, even a draw at that stage, you know, you, you would have taken, it wouldn't be as embarrassing as it was. Um, but there wasn't that reaction that you're looking for, you know, from a team that's, that's down, um, even in the Arsenal game, for a team that wants to win at home. Um, it's a big match. It's Arsenal, you know. I mean, so you're, allu- what the you're league- alluding now to the fact that they're, they're starting to down tools for the manager now. No, 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 no. I'm not saying that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm saying I'm saying that they're struggling to motivate themselves in the big games when they need to. You know, like take the game by the scruff of the neck. We need to affect. It's something to do. No, I'm, I'm talking as professionals. Yeah, I know, but tomato, tomato, you know. Well, I mean, downing tools is different. Down, play for the manager. Downing tools is different. That's that's not wanting to play from okay, the game. Okay, okay. And we saw PSG, we saw Leipzig. You know, if, it, if, it, if that was the case, then, you know, we would have seen a thrashing. All right, but, let, let's let's yeah. move on from here. Yeah, yeah, it's a massive game, this one now. Everton yeah. fourth, Man United 15th. Uh, the Reds cannot afford to go into the international break on a downer. It's an 8.30 p.m. kickoff, that one. Uh, next up, we've got uh, Chelsea against Sheffield United. It is Sunday, 1.30 a.m. Bob Holmes uh, has mentioned that Kai Havertz is out, recently tested positive for coronavirus. This Chelsea side, uh, they seem to have found the balance now. Clean sheets and goals to boot. It doesn't really matter if Kai Havertz is out because what it means now is, is your, your hudson Odoys and all that get, get more of a chance to, to run out. Yeah, they get uh, shoved up the, uh, the, the pecking order, don't they, automatically. Um, and I don't think Havertz has been all that brilliant, uh, to be honest. Um, he, uh, I think he's underperformed, um, certainly for 72 million. Um, but give him time. I mean, he, he's, he's obviously a class player, but he's not quite delivered yet, whereas Timo Werner, fellow German, has right from the, the kickoff. Um, I still think Liverpool might have missed out there, you know. But that's another story. <laughs> Jota is an able, able replacement. Um, uh, Chelsea, I think they've sorted out the goalkeeping situation, and that seems to have made a big difference. Yeah, because massive. when you when you look back to to their earlier season performances, most of the goals they conceded were the keeper's fault, and it was nine times out of ten it was keeper. Ari Bazagaleta. I don't think I've said that right. <laughs> you know who I mean. Yeah, Kepa. I should have just said keeper. Kepa. Um, Kepa the so keeper. the fact that uh, this guy, he came in for a bargain 20 million 
pounds uh, without great stats, without a great pedigree. And he's kept six clean sheets in a row and he looks the business. He's a big guy, he's commanding and he's, uh, he communicates with his defenders. He's exactly what Chelsea needed. And I congratulate, it must have been Peter Cech who spotted him, a fellow keeper, because he, he does, Mendy we're talking about, um, where uh, he, he does... Uh, he does look the business. And I think that a lot of confidence in any side um, comes from your keeper. If you're worried about your keeper, even if you're a forward, you're never quite uh, sure about things. Okay. So uh, I think I think Chelsea are going to do all right. I, I think so as well. Um, Hart, it's, it's a big ask here for Sheffield United, Gogs. They, you, they can say they've been unlucky. They've had Liverpool and City... Uh, in consecutive uh, weeks. Now they, they face Chelsea. They haven't had a win yet. Just the one point from the seven games. If, if you're Sheffield United's manager, what would you, how would you set up for this game? 11 well, at the again, back. <laughs> yeah, it's a low block again, all over again, right? I mean, you're, you're right. They play Liverpool, play City. Now they're playing Chelsea. And Chelsea are, should be lucky that they're coming off a win and a high when the clean sheets to play Sheffield United right now. So yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough for him. But at least they're getting these games out of the way before they can start, you know, really looking at considerable points against teams that they actually can manage to get points against. You know, if anything get out of this game is gonna be a bonus. I think he knows that pretty much uh, from the get go. So, and with the confidence really low at Sheffield United, I don't see Chelsea having any problems. But then this being Chelsea, we never know what's going to happen. But alluding to what Bob said, I think that's one of the reasons we were talking about the clean sheets is because the keepers changed. And, you know, the confidence that comes from having a keeper at the back. I mean, when we play football, we know we're death shouting at us all the time, right? Great. So, yeah, you know, that confidence you cannot be bought. And with, with Kappa, you know, there's a mistake waiting to happen every time. And now, yeah. like what Bob was saying, that, that confidence is exuded throughout the defence. All right. Or throughout the team, actually. Okay. Chelsea versus Sheffield United. Then Sunday, 1.30 a.m. kickoff. We're off for a break. Uh, you stay tuned. We'll be back with so much more right after this. This is On The Ball on BFM 89.9. We wondered if he'd make a difference. So he beats him all ends up, doesn't he? Stay on the ball on BFM 89.9. And we're back on a Friday evening previewing match week eight. For you, Bob Holmes, Gogolin, and Craig Marias, uh, along with me. You can tweet at BFM Radio. You can also uh, follow BFM Football on social media. We are on Instagram and on Facebook as well. And do check out our YouTube channel, TFIF on Video. Fresh videos out every Friday evening. All right, on with the Match Week 8 previews then. Uh, West Bromwich Albion in 18th. Take on third place, Tottenham Hotspur. This is your early Sunday game. Um, Spurs, of course, won 3-1 away at Ludogorets in Bulgaria in the Europa League, Bob. Um, Jose Mourinho, you have to say, is managing this side quite well. He's getting them to perform for him. I know he took four off last time in total this <laughs> Europa League. But, I mean, he's tried to integrate them back. He understands. I mean, he's a, he's a seasoned manager, right? He knows you need your squad players. 
He's a seasoned manager, all right, yes. Um, but the surprise in your voice that he's actually doing okay. <laughs> I mean, I th it's shared. It's shared by everyone. I mean, we were, I think most people were thinking, um, we're just about ready to write him off if he, if he didn't do anything. I mean, he did okay last sort of thing last season, but no, he didn't pull up any trees or he didn't actually win anything for a change. But this season, he seems to have started very well. I mean, there were sensible buys that no, nothing, um, no transfer records were broken or anything, but nothing there were flashed. guys that were just sort of journeymen, really, you know, uh, Hoiberg and people like that, but they've slotted in very well. And with this um, extra uh, program that they've got, I don't forget Spurs played a couple more matches than anybody else. Um, because they had to qualify for the Europa League. Um, they seem to be playing three games a week. And yet he's juggling the squad very well. He pulled off a coup to get Bale back. And they're going along very nicely. And they've even got young players coming through. And he seems to have improved Son. I mean, Son is absolutely playing the best football of his life. He's scoring more goals than ever before. I mean, he rested him last night, but he came on within seconds. He provided yeah. an assist. Um, I mean, he, he does seem to be, um, you know, is this the third coming of Jose Mourinho? <laughs> I mean, I think if, if Spurs win something this season, I think you'd have to say it is. Well, they, um, they will win the Europa League. It's his tournament. He said he's got 100% record, right? <laughs> Hey, he's, yeah, he's not I, Emery. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, he's got whilst, competition there. Whilst Bob <laughs> says that he has improved players like Son and even Kane, Kane dropping deep, creating and all that, Craig, I'm yeah. coming to you here. There, he, as with usual Jose Mourinho management style, he does have a player on the naughty step. And, and at Tottenham, it is Della Ali. I, I don't know what he's done, but... yeah. He would walk into most, yeah. <laughs> most sides, right? Yeah, I think he's probably guilty of just turning up for training, to be honest with you, and uh, maybe in a flashy car or, you know, a, a kind of hairstyle that Mourinho doesn't really rate. Um, no, it's baffling, really, to be honest with you. Uh, we, we know the quality that Dele Alli has. Obviously, he didn't have the best of season last year. Um, but, you know, is he a terrible player overnight? No. Um, does he deserve the treatment that he's getting? No. Um, but it's fine, you know, when, when managers come in, they, they don't always rate all the players. Um, so if, if that was the case, you know, um, you know, let him go out on loan to, I think it was PSG that was blocked um, in the end. Um, let him make that move on loan, you know, um, if, if he doesn't fit in your plans. Uh, but, you know, it's kind of put the, the boy aside and, and not include him in, in squads and, and this, that, the other, you know. It, it's almost like... Um, you know, he, he's unwanted part of, of the squad. You know, the, the only thing that's missing is that he's not training with the under-23s. Um, so so it's, it, it's a baffling one. Obviously, we don't know the ins and outs of it um, behind the scenes. So there, there might be something more to it. But it, it doesn't... I mean, it, Dele Alli doesn't come across as a guy that's, you know, going to give you a lot of trouble when it comes to football um, in terms of, you know, not wanting to play or this, that, the other. You know, he looks like a guy that really loves football. Yes, he can have that laziness, which we saw in the documentary, uh, which is well documented. But if that was the only reason, um, you know, he, he's been ostracized and, and, you know, kind of like left out of the picture completely, um, you know, it is baffling. I just want to go touch on briefly on, on, on Bob saying that, that Mourinho has improved 
uh, Kane and Son. I don't actually think he has. You know, the, these were, you know, world-class players before he even got there. They were very, very good players. I mean, Kane goes without saying, you know, he didn't find Kane. Um, Kane has been one of the best strikers in the world um, for the last few years. 200 uh, but goals what he has done, Spurs in 300 yeah. games. As, as well, he should, stats. he should have had a hat-trick in the first 30 minutes last night. I watched the first half of yeah. it. I mean, two minutes, he missed an absolute sitter, um, you know, from, from a fantastic ball by Harry Winks. Um, so, so he should have really added to that. Um, but just going what we were saying, um, you know, what he has done is he's, he's maybe added a little bit more to Harry Kane's game um, in the sense that he's dropping off the front line. You know, he, he's, he's got fantastic range of passing, which he already had. But we, we probably didn't see it because, you know, he was that number nine in the box, which is where Pochettino wanted him. Um, but we're seeing a little bit more, um, say, versatility to his game where he can play that 10 role. Um, and obviously that creates the space for someone like Son. So tactically, he's, he's obviously adjusted a few things. Um, but, you know, has he made either player better? I mean, I, I rated them before he was even there. You know, I thought they were, they were world-class players. They were really very, very good players. So um, I wouldn't go as far as saying that. But he has um, rejuvenated Spurs. And um, yes, can Spurs win a trophy this season? Yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, it's a massive ask for West Brom. They've conceded the most goals in the league this season, 16. They've only had one home win in their last 10 in the Premier League. It is a Sunday, 8 p.m. kickoff. West Bromwich Albion against Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, Midlands Derby next. Leicester against Wolves is second versus sixth. Uh, Leicester, well, let's start with Wolves here, Gogs. Uh, they... they um, need to get over the fact uh, uh, that, um, well, I mean, they're, they're more rested for this, uh, for this game, for starters. But I know it sounds exciting. Last season, they were both nil-nils. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe. <laughs> no, no, I think Leicester, I mean, are on a really good hide right now. They've back off a really good result over the, over, on the midweek and everything. And, Four uh, nil against Braga. Yeah, so they, I, I don't think we spoke about it, but... Yeah, so they're coming off a high. The players are clicking. The, uh, the players are all playing well. Vardy's back. So, you know, against, I think the aberration against Villa was, a, a, like I said, an aberration, right? Again, they're finding the form at the right time. The players are playing with a smile on their faces. So it, it's going to be it's going to be tough for Wolves against a rampant Leicester side right now. Yeah, James Madison is out to prove, Bob, that uh, he deserves to be in the England squad. He's been omitted from the latest squad. Uh, he starred in, in the win against uh, Braga. He also played really well um, uh, in, in the league recently, just back from injury, of course. Yes, I think he's the guy that makes them tick. And it's a bit of a surprise that Gareth Southgate doesn't pick him. I think um, it's partly because he's only recently come back from injury. Southgate likes to pick players who've been in form for some time um and he does have competition with mason mount and jack Grealish, uh mainly ahead of him in the pecking order um but he is a good player and uh you know he certainly uh, rejuvenated leicester because i thought after a flying start they they faded a bit lost a villa as gog said um, and I thought they were going to sort of be become a mid-table team. But um, they're back up there again now, thanks to these uh, recent performances, Madison-inspired, and with Vardy popping in the goals. And last night, you had Ihinacho scoring and looking a bit more of an all-round player. 
I criticized him, I think, on the show last week as being a striker only, the, you know, the kind of guy that loiters in the penalty area and doesn't do much else. But last night, certainly, he showed a lot more to his game. And uh, if he can keep producing performances like that on a regular basis, then uh, it, it's looking very good for Leicester. Um, but Wolves will have the advantage of, um, of not playing. Mm. Which and is they, quite an advantage these yeah, days. Exactly. <laughs> they, they've got a good squad of players. Uh, Craig, very cheeky. In the lead-up to Leicester's game against Braga, their social media said, first of two games against Portuguese teams. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, they passed the first test comfortably, didn't they? Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't um, help that Wolves wear Portugal as they're away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, this is um, yeah, this this is a a game where um, you know on paper it looks like there's two attacking sides, but uh, in theory, uh, in theory, I'm not so sure that Wolves are that attacking side anymore. Um, you, we used to over the last couple of years, I think we were a little bit spoiled uh, in terms of the way that Wolves play. Um, and, and, you know, how, how they were playing that attacking style that, that Nuno liked, Doherty down the right, Trioro, pace and power, Jimenez in the box, Jota, um, Pedro Neto, you know, whenever he came on. Um, but, you know, it, it seems like they've come away from that a little bit and they've almost gone to a, <clears throat> sorry, um, <clears throat> a Jose Mourinho type team where <laughs> they're, they're satisfied with getting that odd goal. Um, they're, they're more about... Uh, being solid at the back, being compact. Um, and, you know, for the quality that they have, you know, they still have a lot of quality despite the sale of a couple of players. Um, you know, it's it's a little bit sad to see, you know. So, and I think that's affected them this season. You know, there haven't been, um, I'm not so sure some of the players there are comfortable playing that restricted kind of football. Um, obviously, you don't have that same attacking threat. Semedo doesn't have that same attacking threat that, uh, that, that Doherty did but you know Dama Traore hasn't really played a lot of games either um, he's more off the bench um, opponents has been probably their, their only bright light this season you know a fantastic mm. player mm. which is probably what what made uh, Nuno you know sanction the sale of, of Jota but yeah it's not it's not as free-flowing as as we expected from Wolves this season um, so yeah I, I just kind of back less than this I think they're, they're in a uh, good, good place right now. Um, I, I think, and, and the return of Vardy as well is a massive boost to the team. I think we've just talked up another nil-nil there. Thank you very much. Leicester <laughs> <laughs> uh, for me, sorry. Leicester versus Wolves, second versus sixth. It's a Sunday, 10 p.m. kickoff. Final break. We're back with the big one of the weekend. Right after this. Lovely football, speed of that passage of play. Stay on the ball on BFM 89.9. Two-goal lead, a picture for goal, and that should be job done. Stay on the ball on BFM 89.9. Hey, thanks for sticking with us, Bob Holmes, Googlin, and Craig Marias here looking at uh, the big one. Of course, Man City versus Liverpool is 10th against top of the table. It's your Monday half-past midnight kickoff. Both teams, uh, Bob, come into the game on the back of comfortable Champions League wins. We've already spoken earlier on about the fact that Guardiola had the luxury of resting his two centre-backs for this one. How do you see this playing out? Will this be the best game of the weekend? 
Uh, it should be, uh, given the quality, uh, whoever plays. Um, yes, I mean, they've had some titanic struggles over the last couple of years, and it's a little bit premature to call this a title decider, but I don't th see anybody else winning it, um, frankly. I mean, we've had Everton up there. We had Villa with a 100% record briefly. Um, but now I think uh, sanity is being restored. And I think that Liverpool and City are the best two teams in the league by some distance. Um, this one, well, Liverpool, although they've recovered very well from the shock of uh, losing two centre-backs, in quick succession, which is an absolute uh, double disaster, of course. And they've experimented with replacements and they've not done too badly, the youngsters, Reese Williams and uh, Nat Phillips. But um, they're gonna come up against City here. Um, they've had a fairly easy passage of the last three or four games. So they've been playing uh, the likes of West Ham, Sheffield United, and then uh, Atalanta in midweek. So it's not been a, a thorough test of the central defence, not at all. And thanks to Jota mainly, they've managed to pop enough goals in at the other end for it not to be a concern. But I think it still is a concern. When you've got the pace and the passing ability, the slick passing of Manchester City, and you've got a bit of a rickety defence, central defence, I think you're asking for trouble. And I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Jordan Henderson didn't actually play there. Mm. Uh, uh, in, he's done it before, not fantastic, but he makes a job of it and he's experienced. He won't be overawed by the occasion or anything. And I, I really think, although those two youngsters I mentioned have done well, and I think Klopp will sleep a little bit easier for uh, having, having tried them, um, they didn't totally convince because they weren't tested. And, but this is going to be the real test. There's no bigger test than this all yeah. season. If, they, if Liverpool can get through this, then I, I think they'll, they'll win the league, no question about it. I think they'll win it anyway, even if they lose this. But I still think that they are to win the league, they're going to need Thiago and Jota, the two new signings, to really make a difference. Jota already has. Thiago looked as if he would, but then he, he got injured. Um, but when you, when you let's have a season of them, and let's see the difference they make throughout the season. And I think that could make up in a different way for the loss of Van Dijk. I don't think that the, you know, uh, Reese Williams, um, Nat Phillips or Jordan Henderson um, will will do. So I think Liverpool will make up for it in other ways. But this particular game, I've got a feeling that City may edge it. Okay, well, Naby Keita and Joel Matip were in the matchday squads uh, for, for Liverpool uh, against Atalanta. So they may feature... Uh, it's, what, four matches unbeaten for Guardiola's guys, three without defeat for Liverpool. Which way are you swaying, Gogs, for this one? Uh, full score draw this one actually because I mean I think to harbor what Bob said the, the, that centre-back the, the defence is going to be tested like it hasn't been tested since Van Dijk has left so it's going to be interesting to see and these players like Phillips and uh, uh, Williams are not going to be actually up to the standard if City play to their full potential it's going to be a great game to watch but uh, to back to again to what Bob said this reason that Liverpool actually won the league finally won the league is because they finally found a defensive 
uh, bedrock that they could actually count on, right? And to compensate in other areas, to score more goals than you concede is basically what Bob is trying to say, that this season is how is Liverpool are going to go. If they don't, if they're not going to get a, I think Fabinho back, I think Fabinho will be back sooner than later. But if they don't find uh, the bedrock to with what they did their challenges on, uh, their title challenge last season, I don't see them doing as well this season. But that being said, I don't see anybody else also winning the league. So it, it's it's up for City or Liverpool. And the rest, I mean, it's just... So I, I think it's going to be a high-scoring draw this game. It was 4-0 to City when they last met in July. Uh, of course, Liverpool had already won the league uh, and it was weird circumstances back then. As hang on, hang on now, again. Uh, uh, um, but Craig, uh, with, with City, they've rested the players. Uh, Gabriel Jesus is quite big. Suddenly, yeah. they, they've now got a focal point, a very mobile goal-scoring focal point up front for them. Yeah, um, Ferran Torres hasn't done too bad, actually, <laughs> while he's been away. Um, I think they experimented with Sterling. It didn't really quite work out for them. Um, and then, you know, they reverted to, to Ferran Torres to play there and, he, and he's got a couple of goals. Um, but there's nothing like having a traditional striker up there, you know. It doesn't quite do the same job. Um, Jesus uh, scored a fantastic goal midweek. Um, there's still question marks as to whether he is the guy uh, to replace Aguero um, over the next, you know, couple of years and um, when Aguero does leave. Um, but, you know, he, he's not a bad player. He, he really isn't just... He doesn't get enough goals for me to, to fill in that void when Aguero's not there. Um, who, uh, if I was really I had to stick my neck out, you know, I, I think Bob, Bob's gone City, hasn't he? Goggs has gone for a draw. I'm just going to make it interesting and, and go for a Liverpool win. You know, I, I, I know that centre-back um, thing is a problem, but I think we're also forgetting City aren't great at the back either. Um, and, you know, if that Liverpool attack um, does get going um, and, you know, it... You know, anything can happen and they can almost score at will as well. So uh, Liverpool win for me. Brilliant stuff. Man City versus Liverpool, Monday, half past midnight. That one kicks off. That's 10th versus top of the table. Next up, Arsenal against Aston Villa is 9th versus 8th. Uh, Mikel Arteta's Arsenal won very easily against Mulder, although they did have to come from behind. Um, things are going well for Arteta and the Arsenal Bob Holmes. Uh, Project Arteta, there is a, a path and you can actually see it as well. Yeah, um, unlike uh, another club we could mention. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, we already have, I think. <laughs> yes, uh, you get the feeling that this is a guy who really knows what he's doing. Not just the way he talks, but the way his team plays. <laughs> I mean, that's the difference. Um, I mean, he's transformed them from the rabble that they were under Unai Emery, or rabble towards the end of Emery's uh, reign anyway. Um, and uh, he's made some good buys. Uh, Party uh, looks excellent. And Gabriel, uh, judicious signings. Uh, Party costs quite a bit, but, um, you know, nothing uh, record-breaking. And uh, he's using the Europa League to blood the youngsters. I mean, you say youngsters, but I mean, guys like Joe Willock, for example, and Saka, I mean, they're on the fringe of the England squad. Well, Willock on the in the under 21s and Saka in the full squad. Um, these these guys are, are really, really good. And yet they're not regular starters for the first team. So he has got quite a, a wealth of talent there. And it's, he's still finding out what his best first 11 is, I think. 
But meantime, they're picking up points and they're not conceding many goals. Although I, I still think they might have sold the better keeper. Mm, um, yeah. I wonder what Gogs thinks. Uh, you got him for 20 million, Gogs. Um, <laughs> Martinez looks more solid to me than uh, Bernd Leno. What do you yeah. think? I think that's the general consensus that everybody's saying that Martinez, back to this, uh, if you're previewing the game, Arsenal are not real high now. And you're right, they, they have a wealth of talent that Arteta has chances to de- blurt players at different platforms. And no, different no, I, I, want, I, want to, I want to get a Villa point of view from you. Dean Smith needs <laughs> Dean Smith needs a response after back-to-back defeats. You, you, you know what I mean? You guys went, we're, we're talking top of the table for once. I mean, now hard work actually starts. What kind of season are you going to have? This is a big game, right? It is, it is. Well, we, are, we, we should be well-rested for this game. We only have, I think, Traore uh, was uh, doubtful for a groin injury. But uh, back to your question, Nadine, I think we saw a response when we were at the Southampton game in the second half. So that that's a bit more heartening to see that they're coming back in the fight. But it was already over, though. <laughs> it was, it was. But you know, to see them, you know, capitulate like that, and then to come back for the fight, the Villa of late uh, of last uh, season would have just let it go. It would have been seven nil or eight nil by then, you know. So uh, there is something to see. I'm not looking forward to the Arsenal game, to be honest. <laughs> you know, they, they 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 are on a high. They have got parties like you know, playing people off the park right now with uh, the talent they have. So, yeah, but uh, maybe Martinez will shine and show that, you know, what uh, Arsenal will be missing out. But I'm not looking forward to this match, to be fair. Craig Marias, uh, um, Obama Young or Jack Grealish for captain in FPL? Oh, <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. This is a tough one. Um, yeah, you got to go Oba uh, for me. Uh, um penalties uh he's on penalties and uh ollie watkins as we found out last week is on penalties for villa so um that all, always swings it for me um but in saying that you know oba hasn't really kicked off uh this season uh personally if you ask me and uh jack grealish is always always a threat mm. um so it's a tough one but i've just got to go with oba just for the penalties just, right. to, just to point something out ollie took the ball off grealish because it was actually some grealish who takes the penalties usually mm. but ollie wanted it Ah, uh, so oh, that's interesting. Yeah. That's yeah. very interesting. I wish Grealish <laughs> took it though. We have got more points. <laughs> uh, all right, the other ties: Brighton in sixteenth against Burnley uh, in twentieth. That's a Saturday, one thirty a.m. kickoff. Brighton have won three of the four matches on a Friday night. Uh, Southampton against Newcastle is a Saturday, Friday night, Saturday at four a.m. kickoff. Southampton aiming for a third successive Premier League win for the first time since twenty sixteen when they were under Ronald Koeman. <laughs> West Ham in 14th take on Fulham in 17th. Sunday, 4 a.m. kickoff. The Hammers are unbeaten in their last two against Fulham. Fulham have won three out of their last 10 against West Ham. Uh, that is your weekend. Uh, that's match week eight. I just need to say thanks to the guys. Thank you to Bob Holmes. Thanks, everybody. Enjoy the football. Thank you to Gogolin. Thank you, everyone. Stay safe. And thanks to Craig Marias. Thank you very much. Enjoy the weekend. Some people are on the pitch. They think it's all over. Follow BFM Football on Facebook and catch On the Ball on BFM 89.9. It is Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.